Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, how are you? I'm great, man. I am great. I'm so excited about who we're interviewing today. Sure. I can barely contain myself, mm-hmm. and I want to just kind of go to it. Okay. But we've got a lot of other stuff that we have to talk about. Some business. We got some business and some pleasure. Both. I, I mean, they're kind of the same thing when you're talking about being a Hoosier. Let's talk about Noah Clowney. Sure. He, he seems to have had one hell of a visit to Bloomington. Man, I mean, just seeing the videos and pictures from Buffaloes, you know, and from other people posting. And I love hearing the Noah Clowney. I love it. I mean, we don't do that as much anymore. That used to be such a big thing that Indiana fans would do that for like every recruit. They don't do that in the last several years. Let's bring it back. We got to bring it back. Well, Peeg's member and, you know, Uber fan Amanda Pavelka was leading that charge at, at Buffaloes over the weekend. Well, everybody listening, let's let's make sure if Amanda's not there and you are, somebody's carrying that mantle. Because I do think, I mean, I remember even when we were coming back from Bloomington and AJ Moyer was on the flight with us, we just spontaneously did it when we saw AJ. He didn't think it was as funny or as cool as we no. did on a crowded airplane. No, but- he he had the look of a guy who was done with the fun part of the trip <laughs> and now had to deal with flying backward, you know, back to LA when you know you're just going back to real life and you're tired as hell and you know it's a long flight. That's what and and then he had these two idiots <laughs> chanting his name on an American flight where no one else was amused. Yeah, I think his hope was that nobody else on the flight would know that that was directed at him. And if he just sat down quickly, he would not be affiliated with us. I think you're right. So the word out of the visit is that it went as well as it could have gone. I mean, that's the word that his parents loved it. He loved it. Caleb Banks was there to help pitch him. CJ Gunn was there. Uh, They really, they really pulled out as many stops as they could. He played in an open gym, uh, apparently got along with the guys really great. And and I think felt, his parents felt, and, and his mom responded to one of our tweets that they felt the love in a big, big way, and they loved it. And yeah, for, for some recruits, I think that's more important than others, but it does seem that they really respond to, to knowing we know who he is and that he's very much desired to be a part of the family. We have the fifth highest ranked recruiting class right now because of the Jalen Hood-Shafino commitment. Yep. If you get Noah Clowney in there, 
you know, I mean, he's another top 75 guy. He's six foot 10. He's apparently got all this skill in the world. And then you leave yourself open to potentially still being able to take advantage of the transfer portal or a late recruitment that might open up because of a coaching change, the way we got scoop this year. Like, I mean, things are looking up in Woody world. It's, it is that classic, right? Yeah. I got you there. Yeah. Um, the classic overreact to a couple things not breaking our way earlier in the summer and everybody's tearing their hair out about, well, your beard, you, you know, shaved your beard out um, is, is that, oh, 22 is a disaster, which means all of Woody's tenure is going to be a disaster. Who's our next coach? Like, that's like how, <laughs> how um, mercurial we are as fans, but clearly uh, Woody's world is again, this upward trajectory from the time he was hired to all the different good news that has rolled in. Um, and, and look, I wanted to say this when you mentioned it earlier about how the visit could not have gone better and the coaching staff and the players and Clowney got along with them. I do remember a couple or so years back hearing players describe visits to Ohio State and Chris Holtman and just really being afraid that we were at a disadvantage about like the vibe when some players came in for a visit. Is it kind of stiff? Is it kind of, you know, low key? Is it a little cold? And, and I, I don't know. I never heard that our visits were that way, but there seemed to be like this warmth in Columbus. And now what we hear and what we see from a visit like this is, hey, man, this is this is a family. We have a good time and we work our ass off. And don't you want to be having a blast with this winning a bunch of games? And I just feel like we we are we now have the personnel and the players, quite frankly, at this place um, that anybody walking in who wouldn't want to be a part of the vibe in Bloomington right now. Like Race Thompson said to us on last week's podcast. How can you say no to this guy? Mm -hmm. How can you say no to him? And part of that is the swag that he just has. I saw a great tweet that was my favorite from over the weekend, which was, you want to know how much swag Woody has? He walked into a wing joint with white pants. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That did Whoever just, put that tweet out. Did you see the shot where he's got the uh, Mike uh, Woodson? Tiger Woodson? Yeah, Tiger Woodson t-shirt. Yeah, uh, golf shirt. That's it. He had that embroidered into his shirt. Swag. Swag. And just in terms of the joy, even within the staff of that picture that made the rounds of Kenya FaceTiming with, with Coach Woodson yeah. when they got the news about Fino, it was just like those guys are having a good time and that's contagious. I couldn't agree more. And you know what? We're having a good time watching it in part because we are Powered by Peaks, 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 Peaks. I still love it. I can't get enough of that. I cannot get enough of Straight No Chaser. And really our boy, Steve Morgan, doing the peak siren call. I just can't get enough of it. I love it every time.
it is one where I'm, I'm doing the edit. And a lot of times I'm like, okay, I know these 15 minutes are fine. I'll go to the next cut point or whatever. But when, when it's Steve bellowing out the pigs, it's, I'm just listening to it the whole time. For sure. Um, and I'm also Google imaging different images of straight no chaser to drop in there, <laughs> which is always fun. Cause there is a lot out there. They There's have taken a lot, a lot of publicity photos in their time. Ward, it is Tuesday, which means it's what day of what day is it? It's August 31st. It's August 31st, which means it's one day away from what? The first day of September. Yes. What is also the first day of September? It's a Wednesday. Yes. And what hap- what do we commemorate on, on this specific Wednesday? Uh, the birth of Ward Ernest Roberts. Happy early birthday, my friend. Thank happy you. early birthday. So your birthday is tomorrow. Happy, happy birthday. Thank I you. I feel like this podcast is, is all the gift that you need from your yeah, nation. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Sometimes more than once in one day. But it is remarkable that uh, we share the same birthday week. Like it's it's basically... It's all, it's all one big celebration. It's it all, party week it all came together. It all came together. Uh, there's something else big happening this week. Something pretty major happening this week. Besides your birthday. Besides my birthday, besides your birthday. Well, the, what I love about my birthday and your birthday this year is we were given an early birthday present in the commitment of Jalen Hood Shafino. Yes. And then on your actual birthday... We're going to start off the Indiana football season by beating a ranked team. And it's a ranked team with some real drama behind it. It's Iowa. It's Gary Barta, the athletic director, who hosed us out of our rightful bowl last year. Yep. It's on the road. It's the first game of the season. It's the first time in front of fans for this incarnation of Indiana football. It is such a big game. I mean, I am so stoked for this game as I know all of Hoosier Nation is, and it's two top 20 teams in the country battling it out. It's a conference game, and it's so big that we wanted to have a little watch party. Yes, and uh, thank you to Eric Taylor, who finally helped us find a place that has some outdoor seating. We've got the patio reserved at Barney's Beanery in West Hollywood, uh, there's 30 spots out there, basically, they said. And not and, many more left. We've and already... not many more left. So uh, maybe as this is airing, there'll be a few spots left. Um, so the Eventbrite link is out there. Um, go to our Twitter. Go to our yeah. Twitter. You'll see it. There's, there's, I think I have it pinned. Yeah. But, but yeah, we want you, anybody in Southern California or that can get to Southern California that wants to watch the games with us, and pretty much not celebrate either of our birthdays together, then please come uh, sign up and reserve your spot. And I just cannot wait to see this team play. I want to see Penix out there. I want to see Micah McFadden. I want to see Stephen Carr, the new running back. I want to see Tim McMullen intercept some things. I want to see Dylan McCullough hyping guys up. I want to see Charlton Warren's defense just flying all over the place. I I want to see Gary Barta crying at the end of the game. Yeah. And I know, I know Tom Allen, Nobody's going to take the higher road than Tom Allen, but I hope somehow, some way he is making sure every player on that roster knows that Gary Barta screwed us last year. 
I would bet that he's got some bulletin board stuff going on. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a huge, huge game. It is, I mean, it's just one of the biggest IU football games I can remember. I mean, I mean it, it's like definitely with, the biggest season opener I ever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying there. But in, in our lifetime, there's certainly been no bigger opening week game. Yeah. So a lot of the season and the complexion of the season gets defined by this opening game. So I cannot wait. No pressure. Uh, yeah, no, no, none at all. It does make me nervous as hell. Um, but you know what comforts me when I get nervous? Go on. By the way, very different things that comfort you when you get nervous. That's probably very true. <laughs> Mine is not medicinal. Mine is not an herb of any kind. Well, well, I mean, when you get nervous, you don't smoke down extra cigars? No, I smoke. The cigars are constant. It's like breathing. <laughs> That happens regardless of what's happening. What I take comfort in, comfort in is the love and support of the Indiana University Hoosiers fan base. And we have been able to see that firsthand with the announcement that we made a few weeks back of the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. Now, many of you know what that is already, but the nutshell version is we have created a collective fund where we are saying to fans of Indiana University, you all know that NIL is here. It is a major factor in being able to get the best players in the country and to keep the best players in the country. We have to make significant NIL deals with our current athletes, basketball, football, and other sports. But we have to make significant deals. And the only way to make significant deals is to pool our resources together from the $1, $5 contribution to whatever you can possibly give from the biggest donors and boosters and supporters of Indiana. We pool those resources in the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective, and then we will make strategic deals with players that are impactful, that get noticed. And it's already been getting noticed. An article was written by Jeff Rabjohns. Jay Billis tweeted it out. There was an article in the Indiana Business Journal most yeah. recently, where we got mentioned and quoted, and they talked about the collective. If this if if anybody has a subscription to the Indiana Business Journal and wants to send us that article, we'd love to read the whole thing. <laughs> love to read the whole thing. Uh, this is a, a big deal and it's getting noticed. I can tell you that there have been college coaches from different colleges across the country who have called either us directly or people that they think can get in touch with us for us to try to tell them how we're doing it so they can do it. And we give them all the same answer go stick it straight up your ass. That's how you do it. We're not helping you. We're doing this for Indiana, Indiana only. Ward and I are not taking a single red cent from this thing. The money goes into the fund. It goes out to the players and we will announce those deals and we will be transparent about how much money we've raised at an appropriate time. And we'll do it a couple times a year. We just want to do this to help Indiana. And the love that it's already received from the Hoosier fan base is overwhelming and that's why we have our second Hoosier hysteric of the week we have a guy who gave a $500 contribution to the NIL for the pleasure of joining us for a portion of today's podcast Ward what do you want to say about this I I think it just goes to show that no matter how ridiculous we are as human beings there is something very serious about this collective and necessary 
that we don't know how other schools are going to do it, but this is how we're doing this, right? This is how it's happening. There's not three or four other people or entities circling around IU that wants to see IU succeed and therefore, oh, well, uh, these different groups of guys, gals will figure it out. It's like, no, this is this has become the thing. And for somebody like today's hysteric of the week, it it's it's so legitimizing. You know, when people see somebody being like, yes, I believe in this, I'm a part of this. And there are a lot of other people who have given all different sums of money. It's just so important that we put a face and a voice to this man's name and to his his contribution to the collective. So other people are like, oh, well, that guy seems like normal. And even if he's mixing it up with these two yahoos, it really just helps not only legitimize what we're doing here to maybe people who are a little more skeptical and haven't done their homework and see how legit it is, but they, they can just say like, well, okay, I, I need to do my part too. Um, I almost said his name, but he's doing his part. And whether it's a reward or a punishment, I don't know, but now he gets to be on the show. We'll find out. So please welcome from Fishers, Indiana, by way of Higginsburg. Did I get that right? Mm, I hope so. It definitely starts with Higgins and it's by Richmond. There he is. Nolan Pearson. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Is it Higginsburg? Hagerstown. Higgerstown. Damn it. Higgerstown. Sorry. Wait, Sorry. <laughs> Where, where's the name come from? Was was Higger like the guy who founded the town? Well, I'm not really sure. It's spelled like Hagerstown. So most people call it Hagerstown, but if you're from there, you call it Hagerstown. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Nolan, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Couldn't be better. So what we like to start with is we need you to express to us and to the people listening your hysteric street cred. So give us a story <laughs> or something that would express how big of a fan you are of Indiana University. My, my best story is uh, when, when UConn came to town, uh, I think it was 2005, maybe um, they were number one in the country. Um, and they had like five, they had Hilton Armstrong. They had the guy who stole the laptops. I'm sorry. I can't remember his name, but, um, and they were, they had like five in Charlie Villanueva was on their team. And, mm. and my wife and I went to that, my future wife and I went to that game. We had front row tickets. That was back when they used to do a drawing. So we had front row tickets. And I got there wearing a, a Woody hat from um, the movie Toy Story. I had a tie on, short shorts. I, I was all decked out. And I was yelling at Jim Calhoun, and he kind of, you know, got the rest of the, the coaching staff and the players to look over at me. It was just me and my, my future wife standing there just yelling at him, carrying on an hour before the game. And he just – he couldn't get enough of it. So um, th that, that's probably my best story is, you know, showing up looking like an idiot for the game, wearing shorts that barely covered anything and, and knee-high socks and Do you have a tie over a T-shirt. Do you have pictures of this? I have, yeah, I got to try to find it, but I do have one. You got to send it to us. We got to see a we'll picture. <laughs> well, and I hope you still have the Woody hat around because- Absolutely, absolutely. Very... We we put an IU sign on it. We cut, made an IU sign for it. So it's it's pretty legit. Yeah, that that has come full circle now. That is going to be <laughs> very appropriate when you, I, how tall is it? Is it something where somebody doesn't want to be sitting no, behind you? It, it wasn't great. <laughs> but he didn't sit down in the student section. So then it didn't matter. So 
Um, you know, I was on CBS that day on, on, on uh, national TV. My brothers were showing everybody that they knew because they saw me on TV. So they were, you know, DVRing it and showing everybody they knew. So it was pretty fun. When did you know you were getting front row seats? Do they do the drawing right before the game or was it so several back days? then it was, you knew at the beginning of the season. So you kind of just moved around. Oh, uh, oh, you're talking about the season tickets that rotate. You have a different yep, thing every yep. game. So yep. you've got front row behind the basket? Yep. Right next to the visitor's bench. Yep. Next wow. to the band. So it was, it was a blast. And why did you decide to be Woody? Just, we found as much red and white stupid stuff as we could to try to draw attention. <laughs> I just wanted, again, that was when Jim Calhoun was kind of at the pinnacle, right? I mean, they, they, they were really good. So I just, I want to do something that would get noticed and, you know, yell at them and get to us. They had a pretty good laugh. So it was fun. Nolan, were you born and raised in Indiana Hoosier fan, or how did you come to be one of us? Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was born in Florida, but raised my entire life in Indiana. Um, my first picture, I think I got an IU onesie on, so I I I was born this way. I've been an IU fan, come from an <laughs> IU family, so it, it's just in my blood. Who's your favorite player of all time? Uh, for me, it was probably Damon Bailey. Um, that was right around the time you know I was growing up. Um, so I was born in 85. So that was my peak when I really understood what IU basketball was. Um, I'm a big, uh, Damon Bailey and AJ Guyton. AJ Guyton was, you know, a, a good player. And, you know, that was kind of, you know, when we were coming out of the, the peak years, but he was, he was a great player. Yeah. And those were your formative years when AJ was yep. doing it, you were like 12, 13, 14 yep. years old. You, you were yep. old enough to be dangerous with your knowledge of Indiana and your fandom. Yep. And I also knew at that point I wasn't going to be like 6'5 or 6'6, so I didn't have a shot on cheering for somebody much bigger than that. So I was praying <laughs> to get to 6'1. Didn't quite make it, but, you know, I was looking for the guards at that point. Sure. Uh, favorite game? Favorite IU memory? Um, you know, I, I would say my favorite IU memory, actually, we beat uh, – it, it was a football memory, but we beat Purdue and stormed the field. And I like rode some girls back, like down five steps. She had never met her before. She just carried <laughs> me down five steps. We ran down. It was like the first time we won the bucket in a long time. And you get down to the field. Nobody tells you this, but you just look around. Once you get down there, you don't know what to do. So I just remember like just looking around and, and that, that was a great memory. Um, and also the watch shot, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll remember watching that with my family and there was a 10 person pile up in the living room and he hit that <laughs> shot. So yes. that was a lot of fun too. And the oh, woman how, that you rode down the uh, stairs, that's your, that's your wife now? No, I've never met her. Don't know who she was. Her, she was unflappable. I mean, somebody pushed me. So I just grabbed onto her, just kept going and never spoke to her. I tried to apologize and she was, I, I don't know, she may not have been in her right state of mind, but. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. How excited are you for the football game this weekend? Oh man, I can't wait. You know, what Tom Allen's been able to do, it's, it's really exciting. Um, you know, I, I didn't know much about IU football until I was a student there, but watching what he's doing now, he's got the program turned around. Um, you know, we're getting high-level players. You know, Michael Penix is a real deal. I think he's got NFL player, and then you throw in the, the running back car. And, and, you know, Tom Allen's always going to have our defense performing, so I, I can't wait to watch him. And I'd like to, you know, like you said, stick, stick it to Barta. And, you know, we got screwed out of that game, and I'd like to make sure he – he knows we're aware. Yeah. And there's nothing better than winning on the road. Yeah. There really isn't like, there's just something just sticking it to somebody on the oh. road, especially first game of the year. 
that Wisconsin game last year, again, a place like a, a, a house of horrors for us for basically our whole lives. But, yep. but well, at least since Anthony Thompson rode rough shot right. over those guys that it is, you know, to know that we're, we go into somebody else's house with a real shot, even though they're ranked, we're ranked higher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what about basketball? What are you looking forward to the most? What are your feelings about this upcoming season? Um, one, just watching some enjoyable basketball. The last couple of years has been the product has been tough. I mean, I feel like the players played hard, but, you know, the product has been a little bit rough. Um, even watching the highlights of, you know, having a point guard who's got some dynamic ability with the off, on offense, you know, Xavier Johnson who can score off the bucket. Um, we got lucky with Trace coming back, and, and, and I think Scoop Bates is going to be awesome. Um, you know, and everyone was a little skeptical of Woody, but if you watched what his former NBA player said, again, I think he's going to play a fun brand of basketball, and I think they're going to win a lot of games this year. I think it was Fran Fraschilla put out a tweet that said something like, an NBA coach makes more decisions in one game than three college yep. games. Yep. And while that might be some hyperbole, I think everybody would agree. I mean, just by pure math, they play more minutes. You know, I mean, there's just there's more. They play faster. The shot clock is is significantly lower at 24 seconds compared to to is it 30 or 35? Sounds right. 30. I think it's I think 30 it's now. 30, but it's 24 <laughs> seconds, so you get more possessions. There's a lot more possessions in an NBA game, so there's just a lot more matchups, more yep. minutes, more possessions, more matchups, more decisions to make. Like, I don't think any of us, any right-thinking human being, shouldn't be worried about Woody coaching. The question was recruiting, yep. and can he recruit? Does he have what it takes? Can a guy that never did it do it? Well, guess what? He's doing it. He's <laughs> doing it. Well, and it's not, it's not just Kenya or Yah or Dane saying, Hey, don't you want to play with a guy, a guy with NBA experience? It's like, no, by all reports, Woody is just a damn charming guy. He's a good guy. He's a funny guy. He's got the, the whole package as a, a human being, uh, which I do think is, is especially when you don't have uh, a collegiate track record to point to, you can be like, yes, NBA resume and knowledge. And Oh, aren't I fun to be around? Don't you want to be a part of this thing? Um, he's, he's, he's 10 out of 10. Yep. He's 10 out of 10. This last week has been 10 out of 10 when it comes to Indiana university basketball. It's a 10 out of 10 guest already. We can tell that hysteric of the week. Nolan is better at this than we are. We can <laughs> tell that clearly. Nolan, Nolan and Brandon are just going to take over the show. They're just going to form their own and nobody's going to even remember us, which is fine, which is totally fine. And for a whole bunch of reasons, we may need some help. Yeah. Um, so Nolan, uh, we're going to come back to you when we're, we're in the back portion of this interview. We want you to stick around so that you can check us on our facts and anything that we miss and come at the end with uh, the thunder to close us out. But in the meantime, let's get to, one of the most exciting interviews that we've been able to do on this show. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Hoosier Nation, it is a great day for our dear nation. We have the newest member of our family on the show. Eric, why don't you give him some details on this fine young man? I mean, this is just so exciting. I can barely contain myself. Hailing from Penn Hills, Pennsylvania, around the Pittsburgh area, then moving to Charlotte after the sixth grade, 
where he became a basketball star. He is from an athlete family. Let's just say that. Everybody in the family is an athlete. They're all better athletes than us, including his younger sister. They're all incredible athletes. He then, while he was in the Charlotte area, he attended Northside Christian School, then moved on to Combine Academy in North Carolina, played for former North Carolina star and NBA player Jeff McGinnis, rose up the ranks of the rankings in the AAU circuit, where he became most recently a bona fide five-star stud point guard. He's one of the top 25 players in the country. He is the highest recruit that Indiana has landed since Thomas, out of state, since Thomas Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, he committed to Indiana just a week ago on August 24th. Please welcome Jalen Hood Shafino. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Jalen, Jalen, Jalen. We are beyond happy you are on this show, but we are more happy that you chose Indiana University to play basketball. So... Let's get into the announcement. Look, that CBS announcement that you did was dragging us along like it was the finals of American Idol. I was not happy about it, <laughs> but I want to know, when did you actually decide you were coming to Indiana? Um, it definitely took a lot of thought, but I would say probably, I started telling myself probably like two weeks prior to when I committed. Really? Yeah, and definitely. what was it? What was it in your head that, that made you lean that way? Yeah, I mean, I, I took my visit um, end of June, enjoyed it a lot. We hit it off with the coaching staff, you know, the players and everything. So I kind of had an idea, like, you know, this can definitely be the right place. But, you know, after I just finished AAU and everything and I really started to, you know, gather my thoughts and started to really think about it, I, I said Indiana was the right spot, especially whenever we did a Zoom and, you know, they did a comparison of my game to how he's trying to play in college and it matched up perfect. A no brainer for sure. So when you say it matched up perfectly with your game, could you yeah. give us some details on what they were showing you, uh, what the film was and how that made sense with your game? Yes, sir. So, I mean, obviously everyone knows Coach Woodson was a, you know, former NBA guy. So he um, on the footage, it was showing, you know, him and his NBA system with the Knicks. And then it would show, you know, some practice clips of, you know, how they're playing in college. And then it would be a clip of me from the summer, like doing exactly what, you know, he's preaching in, in college. Just crazy because I was like, you know, I think I could really go to this program and thrive. I love that. All right. Let's talk about the morning of the announcement. You mm -hmm. had to have called the coaches. I assume you called the coaches before you made the announcement. You didn't make them wait like the rest of us just dying on every word. Did you call the Indiana coaches that morning and tell us about that phone call if it happened? So I, we, we did let them know like a couple of days prior. Um, so me, my mom and my sister, we sat down and, you know, we all said, you know, Indiana is definitely the right choice. So we was like, you know, let's call Coach Woodson, Coach Kenyon, Coach Yah, and just FaceTime them and then have the Indiana gear on. So we <laughs> called them. So we called them. We all had our shirts on. And we were just quiet. So they answered the phone like normal. And then they were just looking like, well, well, and then that's when I told him I was committed to Indiana. And then it was just, you know, a whole bunch of excitement and just, you know, great energy. That um, is uh, incredible. What what did they say? Did they scream? Like, what, what happened? It was definitely just a great moment. We were all happy. Well, and it's uh, 
not the exact same moment as you were telling them in their reaction, but I don't know if you saw making the rounds on social media, there is a, a, a picture of Kenya FaceTiming with coach Woodson and they just are smiling ear to ear and everybody was just along with the fan base to see the coaches like every, like you have made so many people happy with this decision. Uh, I hope you feel some of that. I definitely, I definitely feel some of it. Like I said, you know, I committed on the 24th, and I'm still getting a whole bunch of, you know, messages from, you know, the Indiana fans and everything. So it's, it's definitely a, a great feeling for sure. Jalen, let me expound on that for a minute because you didn't just make fans happy. You made my kids' lives better because <laughs> you put me in such a good mood. I was whatever my kids wanted that day throughout the weekend they could have. You have made generations of people, their lives better because of your commitment to Indiana. <laughs> That's what it means to us. Well, I'm super happy to hear that for sure. <laughs> happy to hear that. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about what else goes into that decision. Now, Eric and I, having spent four years in Bloomington, we know it's the greatest place on earth. Um, but can you talk a little bit about your official visit, visiting Bloomington, how all of that went and factored into the decision? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we took that visit um late June. Um, it was a um, we went to dinner. We just hit it off with the coaches right away. It was all good vibes and everything. And you know, after we toured the campus and start seeing you know all the banners, you know all the you know historical stuff, and then seeing them practice, um, you know, talking to people, being around the players, it was definitely like I said, great vibes. And you know, that played you know a big part in my, in my decision. Talk about the fans. And fans coming up to you on the streets and restaurants. What was that interaction like? Because we're nuts. We're we're out of our minds. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the fans there are you know diehard fans. So I mean, when I went, it wasn't too many you know people on campus because right. it was you know still early summer. But you know the people that were there, it, it was not too crazy like you no know, crazy interactions. But you know they were just showing love. You know, just saying you know how am I doing and asking am I going to come to Indiana and everything. So it was it was all good vibes. Now, when you were taking your tour and you mm -hmm. stepped into Assembly Hall and you imagined over 17,000 of those crazy people screaming for you, what, was that a big part of, uh, like, could you feel that? Is that something you're like, yeah, that's a big reason why I want to go there, that space, those people? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I walked in, I definitely felt the energy. And then we um, we sat in the bleachers and they play like a video on the, on the big projector and, you know, it was crazy how loud it was. And I just felt the energy and, you know, just the, you know, enjoyment of playing our one day. Now, this is a point of contention between Eric and I. In that video montage they showed you, were there basketball hoops like on barns? Basketball hoop on, no, I didn't know. Okay, good, so, good. They've eliminated that. Good. Okay. Yeah, because that doesn't mean anything to Jalen Hood Shafino Ward. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Apparently, that, look, we got him. We got him. Right. I'm not complaining about the video package. All right. So <laughs> there's the fans. There's the facilities. All that is incredible. By the way, I do want to know, do you remember what restaurant they took you for dinner? I can name some. You want me to name? Like, yeah, was name it? some. I honestly forget. Did they take you to Little Zagreb's? No. Did they okay. take you to Malibu Grill? Yeah, I said, yeah, we went to Malibu Grill. And how did you like it? It was great. All right. We went there, and then we also went to a wing place that was really good. Buffaloes. 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 Yeah, yep, it was really good. 
Buffalo is just the best re- one of the best restaurants in the world. Period. That's a fact. That's a <laughs> Yo, fact. Those wings were great. Those wings were great. Yes. For sure. <laughs> all right. So there's all that good stuff, but in the end, it is about your development as a player and who you're going to play for, and that's of course playing for Coach Mike Woodson. Yeah. We've gotten a chance to get to know him in little pieces here and there with interviews, and we've interviewed him a couple times, and we are in love with him. But tell us what your impression of Mike Woodson is and what is he like when the cameras aren't on? Yeah, I mean, just from my first talk with Coach Woodson, whenever he first, you know, got the job in Indiana, you know, and I, I'm like a person who can tell, you know, when someone's being genuine or just saying things that I want to hear. But from him, I just really got, you know, a real genuine and like real dude. You know, he was just telling me, you know, that he, he really wanted me to come to Indiana. You know, he had watched film on me. And, you know, he, he really think I could be a good player. And then, you know, just for me going on my visit and, you know, really get to be face-to-face with him and interact with him, you know, just that bond and that trust just grew stronger. Could and you, then, could, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask, could you get a sense? He's a really funny guy, too. He's got a fun sense of humor. Were you able to get a sense of that at all? Yeah, he's hilarious, and he has a lot of stories. Like, he has a lot of stories because he was an NBA guy, so – you know, anytime I get to talk to somebody who was around that, because, you know, I want to get there, I just always like to pick their brain and ask them, you know, funny stories and everything. Can you share one? Can you share, um, do you remember a good one? Um, he, I mean, we, I was around him for like two, three days. He told a lot of stories. So, I mean, he told a funny one. I can't remember something exactly, but I remember he told a story about like Stephen A. Smith. It was something funny, but I can't remember exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly. We we have seen him like bust chops. Like he's good at forgive my language here, but he's good at busting balls of people around him, the coaches and players. Did you get to see some of that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like I say, he's definitely a hilarious guy. You know, he he'll mess with the coaches and just say certain stuff. <laughs> he, he's funny. Does he ever say to you like I could have taken you in my day? I I want I would I want a piece of you back in my day. Did he say? I think I think he might have told me that back in his day he he would have gave me buckets. I think. <laughs> I, I think he did. I think he did tell me that at dinner. I think he did tell me that. I think he did tell me he didn't give me buckets. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. Well, we would be remiss not to talk about the coach who started all this before Coach Woodson was even at Indiana University as the head coach, Coach Kenya Hunter. Can you talk about how your your relationship developed with him and how important he was to you making this decision? Yeah, I mean. Coach, Coach Kenya is the man. Um, you know, me and him started communicating a lot uh, the beginning of my junior year. Um, you know, it started with just phone calls and, you know, it was COVID, you know, during that time. So I didn't have like an AU summer. So he just said he's seen a lot of film on me. You know, he was really, you know, impressed with my game. And, you know, he think he's seen a lot of potential in me. So just from, you know, that beginning of my junior year, we really just, you know, took that stride and started communicating a lot, you know, throughout that year. And then, you know, like I said, once you start talking to people and you really feel like a, a genuine vibe, you know, that trust and that, you know, bond just grows stronger. Can you and, talk and, a little? Oh, sorry. and I was going to say uh, his, his actual basketball knowledge, because we think about these recruiters, you know, as assistant coaches, assistant coaches, recruiters, but they're going to be on the court coaching you up. Did you already get a good sense of what he was trying to point you in the direction of so far as the development of your game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, I would, you know, out of, you know, the schools that recruited me, you know, that's probably like one of the longest, you know, relationships I've had with a coach. And, you know, a lot of the times coaches are just going to tell you things that you want to hear. But with Coach Kenya, you know, he would tell me the things that, you know, he think I'm doing well, but he also told me the things that he think I need to work on. So, you know, that was that was definitely good to hear from me because I, I want to coach and, 
and a staff that's going to push me and, you know, let me know where I, I need to get better at. Um, one of the interesting things about your recruitment at Indiana is that it spanned two coaching staffs. So when Kenya first started recruiting you, we had Archie Miller as the coach and a whole different staff. And then obviously that changed. A new staff came in and Kenya continued to recruit you over that. Was that a weird thing for you? Did that make you take a, a step back and go, I just got to see how this goes? Or I'm just curious from your perspective what that was like, the coaching change. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't really say weird because, I mean, it was definitely like last year when I when I started talking to Coach Kenya, like you said, it was a different coaching staff, but it was COVID. So it's not like I visited the campus or anything. So it wasn't like, or, you know, I was feeling like, you know, the new coaching staff wasn't going to be this or that. So, I mean, whenever Coach Woodson got the job, like I said, he called me right away and, you know, it was just, uh, we just hit it off right away. So I definitely felt comfortable with going to visit and really, you know, show my interest towards, you know, that program. Now, a big decision you had to make seemingly at the 12th hour was that the overtime elite came along and offered you a huge amount of money to forego your collegiate career and go play for them instead just kind of curious it had all of us biting our nails and pulling out our hair um what was it like for yeah look eric had a full head of hair before we got that news yeah full head <laughs> yeah. um what what was it like when the offer came in and was that something you and your mom really considered or or, or how did you decide nope uh college is the way to go for us I mean, honestly, you know, prior to, you know, talking to them, you know, me and my mom honestly didn't really, we just heard, heard the name that overtime had a league. So, you know, we talked to them probably like a, a week or a couple of days before, you know, I made my announcement. But, you know, for us, we, we pretty much knew college was definitely the best route, you know, especially whenever, you know, I told her, you know, how I felt about Indiana and everything, and she expressed her feelings towards it. So we just knew, you know, Indiana was definitely the right you know, place for me. But, you know, I think, you know, what overtime's doing is, you know, great. I think, you know, eventually it's going to blow up into something good. So, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, where they go with it. Here's all I'm going to say about that. Your mom clearly has done a great job and the people around you in raising you. Because if somebody threw a bag of cash in front of 17-year-old Eric Pankowski, you'd never hear from me again. Like, I'd have just taken the money and I, I mean, I would have been, over, I would have tattooed overtime elite on my forehead. That's what I would have done. So the fact that you passed that up to come to Indiana and passed up other schools just already makes you a fan favorite already and and wouldn't you say that part of that yeah, would, decision um, oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i mean for me like you know i, I wasn't you know I, I mean the money doesn't really you know sway me you know at the end of the day i feel like if i continue to work and stuff how, how i am now i think I, in the long run i'll be you know pay pay back what you know jalen a lot of us have looked at as much film as we can on youtube of your games um but there's many people who just know you by name and know you by ranking and know you by your star ranking and don't know your game. How would you describe to somebody who has not seen you play? How would you describe your game? Um, I feel like with my game, you can describe me in, you know, different ways. I would say I'm a, um, a big playmaking point guard, um, a versatile um, I'm a two-way player. I can play offense and defense. And, you know, just overall, I would just describe myself as just a winner. You know, I think, you know, when I step on the court, I'm going to, you know, go at who's ever in front of me and, you know, do whatever it takes for my team to win. One of the things I've heard about you from people who, who know you and who've watched a lot of you is that you really, I mean, you're a point guard. I know you're versatile and you can play multiple positions, but that you really run the team. Yes, sir. And 
And I'm wondering um, where that came from. Like how, do you have to tell yourself to do that or does that just come naturally to you? It's, it definitely just comes naturally. And you know, I feel like you can't really teach the point guard position. I feel like that's just born into you. Mm-hmm. But definitely I would say whenever I was younger, um, I played in a, um, when I was what, maybe seven years old, I played in like a YMCA league and my mom was my coach. So like she was always hard on me and she let me run a team. And, you know, just from that point on, she just kind of, you know, taught me how to, you know, kind of lead at, at that young age. So just from that point on, I think just, you know, my love for, you know, the point guard position and trying to lead and just, you know, make everyone better around me and just grow. Well, I think that's a perfect segue into your path to this point. Let's go back to your first memory or memories of the game of basketball and specifically when you knew that you loved the game of basketball. Yeah, I mean, I I first started playing like basketball, basketball when I was what, like six years old. And and I remember the first time, you know, I played, um, I was actually my my grandfather, Doe, we were, they had a summer league that they were playing in. And I used to just go to the practices, you know, being young, just shooting on the side and everything. And, you know, the coach went up to my granddad and was like, who does he play for? And my granddad was like, nobody. She was like, well, does he want to play? And he was like, yeah. And then I overheard it. And I was like, yeah. So I was like, I said, yeah. So and I started playing when I was six, six in, the, um, in the summer league. And, you know, from that point on, I just, you know, really grew a love for the game and really started to, you know, dedicate myself. So let's talk a little bit about your family, because I mentioned it in the intro. Your whole family is filled with athletes. Your mom was a baller probably still a baller. We saw some of it in the video. She's yeah. still handling the ball like Steph Curry out there. I mean, it's crazy. Your your uncle, her brother, was a legend at Penn Hills and went to play at West Virginia. Your dad was a star quarterback. Um, what was it like growing up in just a, a family of athletes? I mean, it was great. Um, very competitive. And, you know, I, I just learned a lot from everybody. Um, I would say, you know, growing up, I played football and basketball, so I was able to learn from – you know, my mom, uncles and everything. And then I played football and my dad was like, you know, really good at football. He was a quarterback. So when I was little, he just, you know, always, you know, we always go outside, throw the football and he just, you know, teach me small stuff. So, you know, growing up, I just, I used to love football a little bit more, but once I hit like seventh grade, I just decided to stick with basketball. You know, yeah. Tell us why. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my mom and my dad definitely wanted me to, you know, continue to play football and basketball all through high school. They wanted me to be like a big two-sport athlete. But um, after my seventh grade year, I just felt like, you know, if I really wanted to be great, I had to choose one sport and dedicate like all my time to that sport. And I feel like if I was playing football during during the time, then I could game while others are, you know, getting better. So I just felt like, you know, basketball was definitely the best sport for me. And I just, you know, went along with basketball. Now, I get the sense that your mom is is obviously a huge presence in your life, and she's very involved, and and God bless her because she raised an incredible young man. But I would imagine that uh, she also has some strong opinions. So how did you communicate to her that you did not want to do two sports anymore? I know, like, before, like, I mentioned it to her through high school so I knew me telling her like how I really felt it was gonna be hard and I was young so I was nervous so I, I think she was downstairs I was upstairs and I just sent her like a long message like over text like <laughs> like, like explaining to her like why I want to just play one sport and you know for me doing that she understood and she was like you know I'm gonna let you, you know, do what you want to do now wow. 
clearly there was strong influences in your life uh, in that the sports that you played in the importance in education. Uh, I do wonder though, especially now that you've decided basketball is going to be your thing as young as seventh grade, who were some of the players you looked up to who maybe you modeled your game after and, and still do for that matter? Um, you know, one guy that I feel like a lot of people say I play like, I play and, you know, show a lot of similarities to is, you know, Jason Kidd. That's that's somebody, I, I, you know, I really try to, you know, look at his game, watch a lot of film on him and take things from his game because he, he's, he's a Hall of Famer point guard. So you know, I feel like if I can, you know, try to emulate certain things that he do, you know, that can really help my game. Well, I mean, that's a good guy to pattern your game after. Yeah. Another guy that we know means a ton to you. You, you chose his numbers as your announcement date, 824, is Kobe Bryant. Right. Uh, can you speak a little bit about your affection and admiration, respect for Kobe and what he means to you? Yeah, like when I was younger, I remember, you know, me and my, me and my cousin, you know, Sharon and DeAndre, we were just sitting down one time watching Sports Center, and they were just showing like a whole bunch of NBA players, and we all had to pick like an NBA player who we liked. And I think my cousin Sharon said LeBron, um, my cousin DeAndre said Kobe, and then I said, like, Chris Paul. And I remember, like, I, I used to watch, like, all those players, and I remember just watching Kobe all the time, and I was like, dang, Kobe's, like, super good. But I was young, so I didn't really understand the game and everything, but I just knew I seen him a lot. And then, you know, just as I got older and I really started to understand his, his mindset and how hard he worked, you know, I just really grew a, you know, a strong attachment to him. And I really started to, you know, watch a lot of his film, just listen to like a lot of his like motivational stuff and really, you know, instill that stuff, stuff into me so I can really go out and just grind, you know, 10 times harder. Have you read his book? Yeah, I have his book right here. Uh, uh, his book right here. Yes. There it is. Mamba yep. mentality. Mamba um, mentality. And what, yep. what, if, if you could sum up Mamba mentality for somebody who hasn't read the book, what, what's it mean to you? And for me, it's just to, you know, go out and be the best version of yourself every day. You know, just, you know, dedicate yourself to whatever you're doing and just grind hard. Um, as you got older, another person entered your life that became a big presence. And that, of course, is your baby sister, Ava. Yeah. Uh, who you put in the video and and I know is very important to you. Talk to us a little bit about Ava and, and what she means to you. I mean, little, little Ava's my everything. Um, you know, I just, you know, her and my mom on oh, oh, my wife, you know, my little sister, you know, she's only eight years old. And, you know, just throughout her life, I know she's always been in gym. She probably don't understand why everything's always basketball, why we're always working out and going to tournaments and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I just really appreciate her for, you know, supporting me and, you know, always being in the gym with me. How's, uh, how's her game coming along? It's inevitable with, with your mom and you. I mean, she's got to be getting into it, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, when we're in the gym, you know, you just watch her dribble and shoot, you know. I feel like she's definitely going to be good. But she's at the age where, you know, little kids, they want to play basketball. Then the next day, they want to play soccer. And then the next day, they want to run track. So she, she's kind of at that age where she just wants to do everything. But definitely from being in the gym, she, she definitely has some skill. How much did you used to play one-on-one -on -one against your mom? Me and my mom used to play one-on-one -on -one a lot because she's very competitive and I'm very competitive, but she's definitely more competitive than me. But, <laughs> when I was, but when I was younger, we used to play like all the time in the backyard. Do you remember the first time you beat her? Or have uh, yeah. you beat her? Have you beat her? Like when I was younger, I couldn't 
beat her at all. She used to, she's so fast and quick and stronger than me, so she used to get me. I put a stop to that, and I and I beat her for the first time. <laughs> How old were you again? You broke up a little bit there. How old were you when you beat her for the first time? I was 12 going on 13. And I'm guessing she didn't take it that well. No, I, I don't think – I think after we played, like, and I beat her, she made me play a couple more times because, you know, like I said, she's competitive, so she didn't like losing to me. So I think we played a couple more times. <laughs> Did she get any of those games or were you just dominant from that point on? I think I just started to get dominant because I started to get stronger and starting to really, you know, de de develop my game. So she can't really do nothing with me. She couldn't guard me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you're obviously becoming better and better and, and you move from the Pittsburgh area to Charlotte. You go to high school in Charlotte. Um, and you meet up with Jeff McGinnis at some point as your AAU coach. Can you talk about Jeff McGinnis and playing for him and the, the first couple of years of your, your high school career? Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, Coach Jeff was a you know former UNC star, you know, M NBA guy, a vet. So, you know, definitely playing for him. And, you know, Coach, anyone who knows Coach Jeff knows he's a tough coach, you know, a tough guy. So playing for him definitely helped me in a lot of ways. And, you know, I played for him for a while. So just learning under him and kind of, you know, picking his brain about certain stuff was, was definitely good. By the yeah. way, your mom did text me wanting to remind me just for my own edification here that her brother, Jake Shafino was drafted into the NFL in 2002. So yeah. you, you just, I mean, you got ballers in every sport, basically in your family, you got big yeah. shoes to fill. Yeah. Everybody played everyone, everyone. Now, like most high school students don't have to make a real decision about what's next in their life till they graduate high school. Sure. Uh, but for you, uh, a gentleman who seemed focused from a very young age on where everything was going, you decided you were going to head down to Florida to arguably the greatest prep program in the country for basketball players. Can you talk a little bit about that decision and why you made it and what it's doing for you being there at, at Montverde? Yeah, I mean, to first start off, like even when I was a little kid and, you know, I wasn't even in middle school yet. I used to always just watch YouTube and see schools like Montverde, Oak Hill, Finley Prep playing and seeing the highlights and seeing them on TV. I was like, yeah, like that would be super cool to be a high school kid and play like that. So when I got to middle school and, you know, we really started to take this basketball thing serious. You know, me and my mom, my dad and everyone, we kind of just was like, you know, we're definitely going to try to get to like a Montverde or something like that with my sophomore year or something like that. So, you know, when I got to high school, my freshman year, we pretty much told the coach, like, you know, we, we wanted to come, you know, be able to kind of run a team and then, you know, eventually make that next leap to, you know, like a Montverde. And, you know, after my freshman year, um, Coach Jeff McGinnis, he had literally just got the job at Carmine Academy in North Carolina and, I was young, you know, I'm literally just about to be a sophomore. I'm like, do I want to go to Montverde and leave my mom and my sister or do I want to just stay in North Carolina and play like a somewhat national schedule? So, you know, I ended up deciding to go with Coach Jeff McGinnis because, you know, that's where I was most comfortable at the time. And, you know, I went there for a year and then, you know, we, we pretty much told him too that, you know, we were definitely going to, you know, go to Montverde, you know, the following year. So, you know, that's what I ended up doing. And, you know, that was honestly the best decision, you know, in, in my life coming to Montverde. You know, we've, there's another player on Indiana University that played for another big school down there, uh, Tamar Bates, Scoop, yeah. who yeah. played for a rival of Mount Verde in IMG. But I do think it's interesting, you know, having him who, who's come to Indiana and now you committing to Indiana. You guys are playing against 
the best players in the world. I mean, these guys, yeah. you're, you're churning out NBA talent. How much do you um, think that just prepares you to hit the ground running when you get to college and you've got a full, one more full year at Mount Verde to play with right. this guy? How do you think that prepares you? Like, I think when, like, a lot of people think about these schools, like, they're like, yeah, these people are playing on TV. They're playing all these hard games. But I think a lot of people, like, underestimate, like, the practices. Like, the practices are honestly harder than the games. You know, you're mm. practicing, you know, one or two times a day, you know, and then the second practice is going to be three hours. So you really have to lock in and, you know, pay attention to detail. You know, like I said, I came last year as a junior, and it was definitely, you know, a little different, you know, just being around, you know, four and five star players every day competing against them, um, hearing new terminology, you know, learning, you know, under, you know, arguably one of the greatest high school coaches ever, you know, every day. So it was, it was, it's definitely just been good for me in, in my development, you know, this year, you know, I'm more comfortable, you know, I know the system. So just trying to come in there, you know, lead the young guys and kind of show them the ropes and everything. And you know, I think it's going to be a, a, another great year. I wonder if when you first got there and I, you were probably used to being, the best player on the team on every team you were on uh, and, and you get there and suddenly you're, you're, you've got guys ahead of you and you're not getting the same kind of run on the court that you're used to getting. Was that a difficult thing to, to adjust to, or did you just realize, no, this is to get to that level. I need to be here first. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely a, it was definitely challenging. It was definitely a challenging, a challenging year. Cause like you said, you're coming off of being a starter, playing the whole game, and then you're coming to a situation where you're not really playing that much. But, I mean, you definitely just have to be patient. And like I say, in practice, you're getting better every day behind the scenes. So even if you're not, you know, playing as many minutes, you're still getting better and getting the development behind the scenes. And, you know, honestly, last year was definitely a critical year for me, and it really helped me and, you know, really made me take that next jump. And, um, you know, it, I definitely, you know, needed that year because – any guy who says that they want to make it to the NBA or anything, you're going to end up being in that position coming in as a rookie, a, a young guy. You got to wait your turn and work your way up. So, you know, that was kind of how I, I looked at it. And I kind of embraced it and just continued to grind. I'm more concerned with the personal side of moving to Mount Verde. You're moving away from your family. Like, again, I'm trying to relate to it. At 16 years old, I couldn't do my own laundry. Like, I, I mean, I, w I, I would have been a mess. Was it weird? being away from your family? I mean, it was, it was definitely hard, especially just because, you know, you know, my mom and my sister, my everything, uh, being away from them, you know, my dad and the rest of my family, it was definitely tough, but I feel like it's prepared me for, for, you know, life. Cause you know, now I'm just comfortable, you know, I'm, I'm good with being away from home, even though I miss my mom, my sister, but I feel like this is what I really need to be successful. And, you know, I think even when I get to college, I'm going to be prepared and, you know, ready to really, you know, make an impact right away. So Jalen Ward, I was going to move to some personal stuff. Do you have, yeah, something let's, else? let's get to know Jalen right. off the court. We want to get to exactly. So let's start with, if I asked your mom, Angel, how would you describe Jalen, not as a basketball player, but just as a person, what would she say about you? My mom would definitely say I'm one of the most chilled and laid back, you know, people, you know, ever. <laughs> I'm just, you know, just a chill guy. Um, I, I like to cook. I like to, you know, watch a lot of old school movies, old school shows, I like to listen to old school music. And, you know, I, I'm really just a, you know, laid back guy. Like I said, I like to be around my family and friends, really. 
Well, All let's right. let's let's go through that laundry list you just gave us. Uh, let's start with the cooking. What's yeah. you got to prepare one dish. Me and Eric are coming over uninvited. We want you to feed us. What are you what are you cooking us? And by the way, Jalen, we probably will come over uninvited. Just so you know, when you get to Bloomington, <laughs> be prepared. Um, you know, depending on what you guys are feeling that day, um, you know, I, I can kind of accommodate to y'all. But I would say one of my favorite dishes to make is probably shrimp alfredo. Ooh, mm. shrimp alfredo. Any shrimp alfredo or shrimp tacos. Ooh, man, I like it. All right, now you 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 used the term old school, like old school movies, old music. You use that in in describing a lot of this. I'm getting the sense that you are a bit and and your game is a bit old school as well, wouldn't you say? I agree. I, I would definitely say I'm an old soul, definitely. All right. Mm. So let's start with movies. What What's your favorite movie? Um, I was going to say my it's so many great movies, but one of my you know favorite movies is definitely Loving Basketball. Loving Basketball, classic. Now, this is the part where we have to make sure you are aware of and have watched the movie Hoosiers. So I, I know the movie. I've seen like certain clips of it, but I haven't like sat down and watched a full movie. But my mom, you know, she told me it's a really good movie. My granddad told me, but I need to really sit down and watch it for sure. Yeah, that's homework. That's yeah, homework. yeah, listen Definitely. to your elders on that one. For sure. All right, let's do TV shows. Favorite TV show of all time. My favorite is Martin. Yes. Great choice. Yes. Are you are you a Martin Lawrence fan beyond just Martin the, the show? Like, do you like his movies and his stand-up and stuff? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like Martin a lot. Are you a Bad Boys fan? Definitely. I mean, Will Smith, right? Are you a Will Smith fan? Yep. You know, I was saying right after Martin, it's the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for sure. Well, that, then this is the part in the show where you have to sing the theme song. So in West Philadelphia, born and raised, raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days. <laughs> Do you know the next line? Do you know the next line? Uh, I go most of my days. I, I forget. You know Killing the rest out, of the Relaxing, shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys. They, I go, yeah, started causing trouble in my neighborhood. <laughs> I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. And, yeah. <laughs> with your auntie and Uncle and Bel Air. I love it. All right. Uh, let's do um, music. So you said you like old school music. What? This always scares me, by the mm -hmm. way. When I'm talking to somebody who is as young as you are and I ask them, what is old school music? Most of them will say like Kanye, and that really bothers me because. <laughs> so, what is old school music to you? Um, I, I really like Earth, Wind, and Fire. That that is old school even for us. So that yeah. makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. All right, but wait a minute. Ward brought up Hoosiers. We're talking old school music. Are you familiar with John Cougar Mellencamp? I am because it's it's on my mom's playlist, and my mom has like a uh, like her playlist is like very diverse and everything. She has so much music on there, and that and that's a song that she has on there. So wait, this song maybe? Yeah, she has that song. Can't hear it. Can't hear yeah, it. Yeah, it. It froze a little bit. Zoom is blocking it out. Really? Yeah, it oh, there it is. But yeah, there it's, it goes. It's gone it again. <laughs> Wait, wait, but we got to get the first line. 
Long intro. Long intro. All right. I mean, come on now. That, by the way, just got a text from your mom. That's my jam. That, <laughs> your mom is our favorite. Well, and, yeah, and, mom does like this song. and the Indiana Hoosiers are the favorite of John Cougar Mellencamp. There's the Mellencamp Pavilion. He's a big supporter of all the athletics there. You will most likely see him in the bleachers cheering you guys on and just know that's one of the greatest American rockers of all time. <laughs> you know, look, I know you're a finely tuned athlete and we are not, but everybody likes junk food. Is there like a, if you've got a cheat meal or like your guilty pleasure junk food, what is it? Like not even just saying this, but like anyone who knows me, like I've always been kind of like a guy who's never really ate junk food. Like, I don't really like sweets and stuff like that. But if it's something that, like, I'll probably cheat, it'll probably be, like, some chips. That's it, chips. Yeah, like, probably like some chips. I don't like candy or anything either, so it would be some chips. Mr. Goodbar? I, I like those a little bit. Hershey with almonds? Uh, <laughs> baby, I mean, like, baby, I mean, baby Ruth, Butterfinger, Skittles, Starburst? <laughs> this is, this is really just like what... Skittles. This is just what Eric has had today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Well, I, uh, I love that. Um, listen, we have um, a segment on our show that we call the hysteric of the week. His name is Nolan Pearson this week. We want to bring Nolan on. He's been listening. So he's seen our hijinks. He knows what we've missed. And, and Nolan, we'd love to have you turn on your camera. There he is. Nolan Pearson. Me. Oh, wait, I forgot one important question. Nolan, this is important for you, too, because we're all friends now. Jalen, do you have a nickname? I have a couple of nicknames. Um, people call me Fino, Jaybird, um, Jay Boogie, um, Pungy, and Diggity. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I get Jaybird, I get Jay Boogie, I get Fino. What is Pungy? Um, my grandfather, though, he just... When I was like so little, he just called me Pungy. Pungy, that was he it. He just me. looked at you and he said, "You look like a Pungy." Pungy. He used to call me Pungy and Diggity. <laughs> Diggity. Diggity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Nolan. What would you like to ask Jalen? What did we miss here? Jay Boogie, what's up, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> good. Well, I just want to say welcome to IU. We're happy to have you as a Hoosier. Um, you know, at IU, we're all about winning and playing the right way. So heard you described as a winner and a good defensive player. So talk to me about, you know, your views on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I feel like these last couple of years, you know, just the defensive side, just, you know, really just something that I really locked in on. Um, I always say I feel like I'm underrated. You know, I feel like I should be, you know, kind of regarded as, you know, higher than what I am. But, you know, anytime I step on a court and, you know, there's a guy, you know, in front of me that I feel like, you know, they're saying that it's this and that, I just take it personal and I really take it personal and I really enjoy, you know, locking them up. So, you know, like I said, just that, you know, that defense, you know, really important to me. I love it. I love it. And you mentioned some, uh, I think the Jason Kidd comparison is really good. I like that. Um, what about any current NBA players, any guys that you look at and must see TV when they come on, you got to watch them? 
Yeah, there's two guys. Um, I really like to watch Luca a lot, you know, just because of his size and kind of, you know, just the pace he plays at. And then I also like to watch Drew Holiday just because, you know, the way he can play on offense. And then he's also, you know, really good on defense. So, you know, those are definitely two guys I watch a lot right now. Talk a little bit about Luca because, again, watching your clips, it seems like you play like it, you almost don't understand how you get from the top of the key to the hole because you're not like, um, you know, uh, you're not rushed. Uh, you're not in a yeah, hurry. You're not rushed. Exactly. It never feels like you're out of control. You're just playing at your own speed. And Luca ha- Ward talks about this all the time that the dude just never gets sped up. He plays at his pace and gets to wherever he wants to go. I mean, for me, I feel like just even since I've been younger, I feel like just the way I just, you know, can control, that's one thing that definitely sticks out about me. Um, and I, like I said, I watch a lot of film and, you know, just learning and talking to, you know, a lot of older guys and, you know, NBA players, you know, they just say, you know, play at your own pace. You know, you don't want to go too fast, you know, just play at your own place, play with poise. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I definitely work on and, you know, try to watch a lot of film on. Well, and part of that has to be strength, right? That you just have the strength where even if guys are trying to hurry you up, you can you can keep them off, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty strong guy. You know, I definitely take the I definitely take the weight room serious. So, like I said, I take the weight room serious, and I know, like, you know, no one can rush me. So, I, I'm, I'm the guy who has the ball, so I'm going to dictate where I go on the floor. So, just playing slow, playing at my own place, and, you know, really laying things, you know, set up and, you know, re-employ. By the way, Jay Boogie, I don't want you to get the wrong idea here about Nolan. He comes on and he asks these really serious questions and he's real Mr. Serious. We talked about this in our intro. This is a picture of Nolan from one of the games that he went to at Indiana. His face is painted IU and he's got a Woody from Toy Story hat on. So don't let him fool you acting serious on this and we're the idiots. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, we're all idiots. (laughs) uh no um i do have this question um we've asked this from a a couple people it's always interesting jay boogie jay bird a diggity what is (laughs) what is your favorite play on the basketball court like what is it that gives you the most joy a single play that you're involved in either side of the court what is your favorite thing to have happen on the basketball court like like you're asking me like what's my like you're in a game, you know, you play a full game. What is the thing that makes you the most happy? It's something that you participate in one single play. Um, I mean, I don't know when I'm in a game, I, I really like coming off ball screens. Now I feel like just the way I just, you know, read stuff and just kind of read the defense. You know, I feel like I really got good at that. So definitely using a, a lot of ball screens now like that. And just, and just playing fast, you know, getting up and down, just, you know, getting up and down. Mm, like that now nolan what else you got i got nothing else man all i gotta say jalen we haven't had a guard like you in a while man we're, we're excited to have you as part of iu uh can't wait to watch on the floor man oh thank you i appreciate that now before we go though we do need to talk about the fino project that is is your mom's brainchild and it's out there and it's something all the listeners should check out and support could you talk to us a little bit about that yeah, my mom, um, I think when I was a freshman, um, I got invited to the USA mini camp. And, you know, one of the things that they asked us to do was, you know, come and wear something that kind of re- represents us. And my, me and my mom were like really trying to think of something. And I think it took us like a day. And she was like, Fino. I was like, yeah, like, that's our last name. She was like, no, Fino, like, 
failure is no option. I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then like we made that shirt. And then just from that point out, like my mom just, you know, started to really grow with it and really strive with it. And anybody can go to thefinoproject.net, thefino, F-I-N-O project.net. You can buy t-shirts. And by the way, there's two t-shirts on there that are inspired by your choice of going to Indiana University. I know this because I bought both of them and I'm <laughs> dying for them. I was hoping that they would be delivered before this, this uh, interview, but as soon as they became available, I bought them. I'm so excited to be, to, to be part of that. I love the failure is no option. And I just got to say, like, you've said so many things on this podcast that just make me fall in love with you. And I hope that isn't weird for you because I'm a 43 year old man saying that, but, and, and we've never met except for this, but your, your spirit, your um, attitude, your approach, the Mamba mentality, the way you play the game, it's all these things. And I'm glad Nolan brought up defense because the way you approach things just seems like you were made to wear cream and crimson. And you have a nation of people now Who's your nation that is so happy to have you and your mom and your sister part of this family? We've got your back now forever. I mean, that's what it is. It's Hoosiers for life. So we are so excited to watch you at Mount Verde, which by the way, I'm glad you said how it was pronounced because Ward and I were debating. Ward, what did you think the pronunciation might be? Monteverde. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we are so excited because I know some of your games will be on national TV because you got yes, so much talent. So excited to watch you play. So excited to meet you in person as long as you don't avoid us, which I can understand if you would. Yeah. Um, and we got to get your mom and sister on a future podcast because obviously they're incredible people and they've helped, you know, shape who you are. Just cannot wait to see you in Bloomington, Jay Boogie. <laughs> yes, um, I appreciate you guys, and I, I thank you for having me. Pungy, Pungy, it's been a real pleasure. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. All right, look, Nolan, you got to hear this whole thing. All right, we got to stop for one second. One thing you all might notice that are watching it on video is that we're all wearing different clothes that we wore in the intro. <laughs> yep. Now, we did not we did not have an accident. We did not all like break into crazy sweats. What happened what had happened was we had technical problems and we shot the whole damn interview yesterday and we couldn't use it. We could not use it. Why? Well, because Ward and I are idiots. And we don't know technical shit. And and Nolan now he he sees how the sausage is made. He <laughs> sees he sees that it's not just branding calling ourselves idiots. It's really <laughs> who we are. <laughs> yeah. It's who we are. At if the, it's not Mamba mentality, it's moron mentality. <laughs> That's what we are. That's what we subscribe to. So Nolan, you've had the privilege of of actually. <laughs> Not being with us, but it is a privilege to talk to this young man twice. Yep. And what's your take on him? Because I'm, I'll reserve my comments here. But what I would love to know your take. Yeah, I mean, both both times he's impressive. I mean, he he talked about the thing that stood out to me the most was talking about the overtime elite and saying that you know money wasn't really what was important to him, and then the hard work will end up paying off. 
that one stuck out to me. Again, all the players he liked, the fact that he's looking up to Jason Kidd, who hasn't played in the game for a while. And that, you know, I was struggling to find a player comparison. I think that's a really good one for him. So, again, every everything he said in the interview is just like, I mean, he is going to be a fan favorite from the second he steps on the floor. Well, and that's all so much about the game, but just as a personality and the patience to do this with this again. Um, yeah, I think that f- factors into it, too. People are going to be like, and, and uh, to be fair, I feel this way about all the guys on the team now. I just I just really am rooting for them as people. There, there is a we Ward, we felt very similar after we interviewed Tamar Bates for the first totally. time. Totally. There, there is a maturity to these kids. And look, some of it is they were born this way. A lot of it is they were nurtured this way. But then a lot of it also is that they both went off and played in these ultra competitive places away from home where they had to become young men quicker than most of us do. Ward and I are still waiting. Um, <laughs> but but I, I mean, I made a joke about laundry. I'm not kidding. Like my adjustment to college was really difficult. Just like doing laundry and like making sure that, you know, I got things to eat at the right time and like taking care of myself. And if I had to go to the doctor, like little things like that, you know, that is part of what we all just take for granted from these kids. They do have to learn all that. And granted, when you're a college athlete at a place like Indiana, you have a lot of people around you and a support staff, but there is just a level of maturity to Jalen that is uncommon. And we've now seen it with Tamar too, which is uncommon. I'm blown away by that, the maturity. Yeah, I think he's going to be ready. I mean, to play right away. I think he'll adjust very quickly to the lifestyle. I mean, he's already done it for two years. And like you said, the level of competition that they're playing every day is just incredible. Um, I mean, I think it's going to set up Scoop to come in this year and and make an impact right away. And uh, again, thinking about him and uh, Jalen in the same backcourt, it's like, holy smokes, I, I'm i losing my mind even thinking about it. Ward you know, said four. that to me the other day. Ward, you said it to me the other day. Like, like when have we had, especially just a year apart, two guards of this caliber show up to town? And, you know, I mean, I, I, I think let's hope we have at least one year with the both of them together. But Rabbi's been saying it all over the Peaks message board. That's how you get to the final four is strong guard play. And like, let's not sleep on that. You know, Rob could be there, you know, uh, X could be there. I mean, it could Christian be Lander. You know, Christian Lander. Christian Lander is not yep. yet written. Yep. It's it, true. It is, you, you know what? You were at, you were talking about this the other day, Ward, on like, when have we had this backcourt? Now, I know that Chris Reynolds, Jamal Meeks before him was a point guard. Chris Reynolds was obviously a point guard. But there were games where we played Damon Bailey and Greg Graham as the guards. Mm-hmm. Those were the point guards. Or that was, I'm sorry, those Damon played a lot of point guard. Greg Graham was the two guard. That's kind of what, and they're both bigger guards, Greg and Damon. Damon's game, Damon's game is kind of similar. I feel like Jalen Hood Shafino has Damon in him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't get sped up. He's really a high basketball IQ. Isn't like out athletically. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. He isn't <laughs> using his athleticism to overpower people. That wasn't Damon's game. It doesn't seem to be Jalen's game. That and Tamar kind of reminds me a little of Greg Graham. Mm. You know that there's this really good athleticism, can shoot, can score at all three levels. 
I don't know that that's what I think of. I think of Damon and Greg Graham and guess what? We were really freaking good then. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I, I think about the offensive creativity. I mean, the guys, yeah. our guards the last few years have kind of lacked a little bit. Again, Armand Franklin was a solid, you know, 11 points a game, but still wasn't a great offensive player. Romeo, like I was a big Romeo fan, a little bit one dimensional. Um, but you think about having two guys in the backcourt who can do a little bit of everything that, that, that is what gets me excited. I think we're going to be very hard to defend. Well, and I think so much of that was the system they were playing in. Like who really knows what those guys wanted to do or what their ability would have allowed. But what's also attracting guards like this is the style of play. And how Nolan, how blown away were you that, that coach Woodson and his staff were able to cobble together enough footage from like NBA footage to IU practices. Maybe there was some Bahamas footage in there spliced in with Jalen's game to show them it's a natural fit. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. I mean, to think, cause I know people were selling against us, but what is our style of play? I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, I have to believe that's part of why they did the Bahamas games as, as a recruiting tool. But I mean, to, to sell it that quickly to, to not only him, but to get tomorrow to buy into that before we had even done anything. I mean, it, I'd love to see what happens if we actually win some games this year. Yeah. Um, we brought up Hoosier nation and how we take care of our own. I got to share with you guys a, a quick story. Um, that Holly was like, you have to tell this story on the podcast. So this last weekend, Holly and I drove out. My daughter had like a party that she went to in Malibu, which is really far away. And we drove out there and we had time to kill. So we went and got ice cream. And I, if I'm at an ice cream place, I'm just getting the biggest hot fudge sundae that exists in the place. Ward, remember the hot fudge Sunday I got at our last day in Bloomington? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's unethical. The it's gro- grotesque. Of, it's grotesque. So I get a hot fudge Sunday. It was so good going down. Then we get in the car. I'm like, I got to fill up with gas, filled up with gas. When I got back into the car, I said, Holly, we got problems. We got downstairs problems. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was, but that ice cream, just ran through me. And I've had issues with this in the past when it's time, it's time. And I'm like, I, I think I can make it back home though. We got to just go get my daughter and get home. You know, I can't, I don't know where I'm going to go here. I mean, it's nighttime. Can't do it. I'm not going into a gas station. I can't do it. So we, we drive around this little mall area before we go to pick up my daughter. And Holly's like, oh, there's bathrooms here. There's, and it's Malibu. Everything's clean. She's like, look. And we pull up and there's all these great bathrooms. I'm like, awesome. She's like, yeah, just go in. This is perfect. They'll be the best bathrooms you've ever been in. I get out. And now I have told my body, mm. you're going. Unleash the hounds. Unleash the hounds. <laughs> and every freaking bathroom door is locked. <laughs> like like they're locked not because somebody's in there they're just out of commission for the night and i i come i'm sweating now i'm full sweat and i tell holly uh i mean I, i'm gonna have to go behind the building and take a dump behind the building i i'm like it's over it's over for me and she's like no you cannot do that we're in malibu you're gonna be arrested i'm like holly i can't do this i'm like she's like oh right up there there's a steakhouse 
We go, I run in. It's like this nice steakhouse in Malibu. I'm wearing something similar to this, like a t-shirt and, and my IU shorts. And I run in and I am sweating. And when I'm in a mood like this, I can't even hear anything. It's just <laughs> all noise. And there's two bathrooms and they're both taken. I can, and they're like um, frosted so I can see the person. Like, I'm just like, come on. And a busboy, this does relate to IU. A busboy walks up to me. And as you both know, probably at this point, if there is any chance for me to talk about Indiana University to anyone, I'm talking Indiana University. If I see somebody across the street, well far away from me, wearing an IU shirt, I make my way over. If I see a license plate that's Indiana, I pull next to them. I talk to them. I'm in this bathroom. There's two locked. And this busboy walks up to me. He's got the mask on. He looks at me wearing like a ridiculous all white Indiana outfit. And he looks at me, he goes, are you like, and his face lights up and I go, yeah, but I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> and he looked at me like, oh no, what's happening? He leaves. I go to the bathroom. It's a religious experience. It is a religious experience. Got I it. then walk out like I belong there. Like, oh, like I'm looking for my people. Like, well, <laughs> where are they? I make a beeline. I get in the car and, and Holly goes, uh, do you know what the name of that restaurant is? I go, no. She goes, Lucky's. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pretty appropriate because everyone was lucky that I found that restaurant at that point. <laughs> Matt, the city of Malibu was lucky. Well, and and Jalen Hood Shafino is lucky you saved that for the end of the podcast. <laughs> I just had to share it. Listen, man, Nolan, you were so great. Uh, loved having you on twice. Um, uh, great question about the defense. Um, and I do love that picture of you uh, and how you dressed for that game. Um, and I want to say this, Nolan, look. I love that you're on the show. You're on the show because you gave a really nice contribution to the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. And we can't thank you enough for that, man. It means a ton. Can you we, talk a little bit? We're going to assume your main motivation wasn't going to be being on this show. So you can you talk a little bit about why you feel it is important to support the collective? Yeah. A confession to make. I had already typed in into um, Venmo the $500. I was just listening to you guys. And, and then all of a sudden you said, if you donate $500, you get to be, and I'm like, all right, now I got to do it. So <laughs> I, I already had it typed in. So I um, thought you were going to change it to 499. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I would have known we were going to do it twice, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, I had heard a comment you guys made a while ago. Just, you know, if, if we don't do something, we're going to get left behind. Again, I, I'm, I'm a passionate IU fan. I, I want IU to be great. Um, you know, I, I do think there's a few people maybe sitting on the sidelines like I was waiting to see some of these deals happen, you know, so I, I, I decided to jump in with what I'm comfortable with and, you know, knowing that, I, you know, I can potentially do more in the future as I start to see this. And, you know, so that would be my advice to everybody is give what you're comfortable with to get started. And, and I think once these things start to unfold, I think more people will jump on, but I didn't want to wait and, and, you know, let the be, be late to the game. I mean, we need to start winning yesterday. So. I'm with you. By the way, we announced our first deal that happened through the collective. Yep. We announced it uh, what will be yesterday. 
uh, Tamar Bates and Miller Cop both going to uh, a carpet store in Columbus, Indiana. A great fan that owns the carpet uh, shop came to us, a flooring shop. Uh, hold on, I want to find the actual name of it to say it. Uh, you don't remember what it is, Ward, do you? Nope. Hold on, I got it here. Can you, you can cut this out. Uh, this is what we do when we have to cut stuff, Nolan. Yep. All right. <laughs> so we announced, I'm going to do the whole thing over. We announced our first deal, what will be yesterday. Tamar Bates and Miller Cop are going to Columbus, Indiana, where they're going to Riverside Carpet One, which is located at 3450 North National Road in Columbus from noon to two on Saturday. So right before the huge football game, if you're in the Columbus area and Bloomington's only what, 40 minutes away or so, make the drive to Columbus, go to the flooring shop, meet Tamar, you can meet Miller, you can bring anything you want to have it autographed, you can take pictures with the guys, there's gonna be food provided. And I gotta say the, the owner, and I don't wanna give away his name because I don't know if he wants his name out there, but he stepped up and said, I wanna do something for NIL, I wanna do something for my community. And that's why he's doing it. And if he sells flooring, that's a bonus but he's really doing this for Indiana basketball and his community. And he came to the collective and said, I want to do something. What should I do? And we helped him figure it out. We got in touch with the players. The players are getting their money uh, to spend a couple hours with Hoosier nation in Columbus, Indiana. So that's the first one that we've done through the collective. We're going to, there's going to be some more announcements coming up. We've got a big announcement in three weeks, I would say. That, that will make a big announcement about a big event that's coming up. And uh, Nolan, we, we couldn't do it without, you know, your contribution and, and many like you. We really sincerely appreciate it. And uh, I think you're going to see the, the fruits of the labor, if you will. Uh, I think you will see the benefits pay off in, in the months and years to come, truthfully. Yeah, and on, be, on behalf of the rest of us fans, we appreciate having a platform to, to be able to contribute. You know, again, I know you're the first of the kind, so we appreciate it. Again, making it easy for a guy like me to, you know, click click three buttons and, and contribute to the cause. So I appreciate it. Well, you're the man. We loved having you on. You'll have to come back on without contributing. You just have to come back on and share your <laughs> thoughts as, as the season goes on. I would love to just keep in touch and, and see what your thoughts are as Sounds we get good. to watch a pretty exciting era in Indiana basketball kick off in just a couple months. Sounds good, guys. Keep it up. The good work. Thank you for what you're doing. Wait, we'll, we'll see you in Bloomington soon. Yes. Yes, but before we go, and Here Nolan, if you've listened to us before, you're going to do this with us. Follow us on Twitter. for the It's at Hoosier Hysterics. For the hysterics, no E, no I, but the sometimes why he has no idea he has never listened to the end of the podcast that's what we just figured out hey, i'm a busy guy <laughs> the guest ends and nolan is out that's it we're never having you on again <laughs> busted <laughs> the, the look on your face as i was doing it was phenomenal I, I yeah. thought I thought your audio cut out. I was making every excuse for you I could. Yeah. But I, I almost will... had an Eric and Malibu situation right there. <laughs> but I will say I respect you a little bit more now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nolan, thanks so much for these last couple of days. And uh, again, thanks for the contribution. And we will stay in touch. Thanks, guys. Take care, bud. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. 
everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.